Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the JMO Podcast. I'm your host, Taylor Michaels. And our guest this week, we've got Doug Wagner. He's a Wisconsin man. He's a fishing guide. Many of you uh, have heard of him. If you're on social media, if you watch YouTube, anything like that, you know, Doug is definitely uh, gets a lot of notoriety with his musky fishing. He's a musky guide and just a musky nut, but he's really just a big fish nut. He's just a trophy fish nut. He starts his season off, uh, uh, you know, in the spring and early summer targeting trophy walleyes over on Green Bay and the Fox River. We talk about all that. Uh, he moves in his season into musky fishing and and uh, you know his favorite time of year fall so we're definitely going to talk about that you know Doug's one of the most requested guys we finally got a chance to uh, link up in our schedules and figure it out I mean Doug's on the water every day it's not easy uh, to have this opportunity so it was so uh, you know just an honor to get a chance to talk to Doug all the little stories and things that Doug talk about in this interview are so great you're everybody's going to enjoy that but really the big takeaway is you know, if we could, if we could all just figure out how to be a little bit closer, uh, you know, in our mentality, in our drive, in our work ethic, as somebody like Doug, um, you know, we could all be better at at fishing. You know, just the don't take no for an answer attitude. Um, you know, he's the guy, and I think there's probably a lot of tournament anglers out there in in just about any tournament circuit that are glad that Doug has chosen to be a fishing guide because I think Doug, if he was, if he was going to jump into tournaments of any species, muskies or walleyes or bass, I don't think it would matter. Uh, you know, Doug is just one of those guys that would just be a weapon every time that his boat is on the water. Uh, he's just, uh, you know, the fish are not safe and that is just, I don't know. That might be the simplest way that I can put it. So let's get into it. We've got Doug Wagner. Let's get to it. The fishing opportunities across the state of Montana are phenomenal. If you're from there or you've already been there a bunch to experience it, you know just how special these opportunities are. If you haven't, fishing out west should absolutely be on your bucket list. But aquatic invasive species like zebra mussels and Eurasian water milfoil can harm recreational opportunities. As boaters, as anglers, we have the ability to help protect Montana's waters by cleaning all mud, plants and debris off our boat, recreational equipment, and fishing gear before we leave any access sites. Drain the water from your motor, your live well, your bilges, and allow your boat and equipment time to dry before your next outing. No matter what watercraft you use, please, if you're traveling in the state of Montana, stop at all inspection stations. Together, we can protect Montana's waters. Visit the link in the description of this podcast for more information. That's fwp.mt. Gov backslash AIS. If you have any fishing memory or a fish that you would like to commemorate with a replica, or you have questions about getting fish replicas done, reach out to Jamie Rizavi from Rizavi Taxidermy Studio in New Rockford, North Dakota. Jamie and his crew do next level work here at the JMO headquarters. We are blessed to have so many replicas made by Jamie. Reach out. You can find them on social media or online at RizaviTaxidermyStudio.com. The link is in the description of this podcast. You are today, man. Give me, give me your fishing story starting at the beginning. Go ahead. Sure. So, I mean, I think everybody's story is different, but as, as far as like how mine started, um, I came from... A fishing family, I would say. My my dad was a fisherman. My my grandpa was a fisherman. Um, it was something that that we did in our, our free time, and we never really took it too seriously. 
Um, but it was definitely something that I just, I loved out the gate. Um, didn't matter what it was, as long as it had fins, I, I wanted to catch it. And, um, I mean, I grew up in a small town in southeastern Wisconsin, um, fished a, a lot of lakes with a, with a bike and a backpack and, you know, a rod to carry around. And, you know, I, I would say some of my earliest fishing memories or some things I think that really shaped kind of my style of fishing or what, how I really like to fish is my dad and I used to do this trip um, on the Wisconsin River up by Rhinelander. And we did this camping trip right after I got out of school. It would be like middle of June. And we'd go up on the river, and we used to throw these spoons, basically, with a with just a old-school Uncle Josh pork rind um, on basically heavy bass gear. And we would just catch, you know, tons of pike. And, you know, we were primarily, you know, trying to catch a muskie. There were muskies in the river. We knew about muskies. My, my, grandpa, my grandpa got muskies there and my dad and whatnot. But that was always, like, the goal. But, um, you know, we'd, we'd run into a ton of pike along the way. Um, and it was just power fishing. It was short cast, pitching in weeds and grass and you know, all these aggressive strikes. And we, we'd catch a ton of fish. And it would keep it super fun and interesting. Um, but I would say I'm definitely a power fisherman. And I think it, it really stems from those days back on the river, camping, eating breakfast, you know, cooking eggs over an open fire and, and uh, just catching more pike than now nowadays what i would ever want to but back in the day it was just fun they, they fought hard it was it was just a really really good time and kind of i just i loved casting and watching the lure come in and watching the strikes and feeling the bites and you know it, it wasn't the whole experience in itself was was awesome but that's kind of where i guess i would say i kind of started my love for for fishing as a whole or some of my favorite memories as a really young kid i mean at this point i'm i don't i'm not even 10 at this point um I remember my dad got me a Fluger bass reel for, for like a present as I got out of school. I like did good in school somehow one year. Apparently, I did grades that didn't carry on the rest of my uh, the rest <laughs> of my life. But uh, at, at this point, I must have had good grades. My dad got me this Fluger President spinning reel, and at like ten ball bearings, it was like whatever this whole thing. And we spooled up with fifty pound braid or sixty five pound braid. And it was just like I don't know. I was probably seven years old. I, I think it was probably second or third grade and i got this thing and i was just like over the hill happy i was super jacked caught a bunch of fish on it what would have been some of the impactful or influential memories that you have where you feel like you really took off where you you know where you were really maybe exposed to a higher level of fishing or where you just pursued it yourself like like where did where did that you know sort of that uh you know the seed that was planted early become you know, a fully fledged plant where you you know, your passion was just firing and fishing really started to uh, become a little bit more nuanced for you. Yeah. I mean, the one thing I would say in, in life is life is in, in some sense, it's all in who, you know, um, and somehow, some way my dad um, started up a business and his business partner, his name was Andy. Andy's brother-in-law was Joe Booker. And if anybody knows anything about musky fishing or even bass fishing in the 90s, you know, 80s, 90s, early 2000s, like Joe Booker was a household name. He had a TV show. Like he was, he was a big deal. Um, multi-species guy. And I got to meet Joe through Andy, my dad's business partner, um, at a very young age. And Joe instantly took me under his wing he was super good to me um and really 
pushed me and was a mentor and you know someone I really looked up to in my fishing and someone that without Joe, I mean, I can honestly say like there's a lot of people in my career that have helped me get to where I'm at today. But Joe was definitely like the the starting point for me. Um, he was nothing but good to me and you know just fueled my fire that much more for fishing and not just fishing, but also later in life um, filming as well. Kind of what got me into my YouTube channel and. And that stuff. Um, but Joe, I think I met when I was eight or nine years old, um, young age. We used to do this fundraiser. He still does it in uh, Eagle River for his local football program. Um, he would do this this big uh, fundraiser, and we would all go up and help and volunteer our time. And, you know, he was always super good to us. And I remember him taking me in his garage and showing me all of his lures. You know, he's, he had this lure company, and it all, he had all these test samples, and he'd be giving me stuff to try all the time. And it was just he kind of introduced me into before he even really knew what the fishing industry was but introduced me into all that stuff and i just remember looking at going in his office and looking at all the magazines you know the articles he had wrote and all the pictures and like there was just so much history there um from this guy and then you know with him taking me under his wing for the next you know how many years was was huge um for me and then from there i would say once joe kind of got me into the fishing industry. I remember I started, you know, musky fishing a lot more. I was getting a lot better at it, spending more time doing it. And then I got to start to work sports shows for his tackle company for Joe Bucher Outdoors. And that kind of got me into the sports show scene. Um, and then from there, I kind of transitioned into um, you know, fishing. And then he actually had a camera guy. I'll never forget. Um, when I graduated high school, I got this construction job that my dad used to work at, same company. And uh, I remember I just started. There was a really good job. I was making really good money. I was like, I was 18 years old at the time. And it was just wild. And I get a phone call from Joe after I just started this job. He's like, hey, he's like, my cameraman just fell out of a tree stand trying to set a, a stand for this fall. He broke his leg. I need a camera guy for my next trip to Canada here in five days. Can you Can you do it? And I was just like, dude, like I, I just started this job. I've been here for like two weeks. Like this is a, like a career um, for me. And I, my dad was good friends with the owner of the company. And I was like, I said, I'll ask, I'll, I'll see what I can do. And for some reason, don't ask me why, but my, uh, my boss let me go on this trip. And I filmed Joe and Rich Belanger from St. Croix Rods at the time for a nine day trip on Lake of the Woods muskie fishing. And that kind of introduced me into the, the filming side of things and the production side of things. Um, and just, it, it started, I mean, there's, there's just so much, you know, I could talk for hours about you know, how I got started and all the people that helped me get to where I'm at. But that was a huge thing for me, just understanding more of the video production and what it all took to you know, create this content. And we were doing this with, with still with tape. Um, this was before SD cards. And I mean, this was, 11 12 years ago now um so just crazy in the in the time schedule things but i learned so much on that trip um and also just watching joe fish i learned so so much um in that trip and then obviously all the camera stuff and then from there oh man um started working more and more sports shows i started i did a sports show with uh, another musky company at one point um and we were selling lures out of this musky shop or booth called Thorn Brothers, which I had heard of them. I knew it was a Minnesota company, um, but being a Wisconsin guy, I was kind of always a, 
you know, Smokies or a you know, musky shop or, you know, more of the, we had a little uh, tackle shop in Okachi, musky Mike's. That was always like my go-to for getting tackle. And uh, anyways, we started, you know, we were selling baits out of the Thorn Brothers and I met this guy there who I had read tons of his articles and someone I looked up to by the name of Luke Ronestrand. And Luke was working the booth for the Thorn Brothers company. And at the time I just started fishing Green Bay and Luke fishes Green Bay all the time. And we basically hit it off talking about Green Bay and here's like one of the greatest musky fishermen to ever do it. Dude's like, hey, like grab your lunch, like come on back and let's let's chit chat about you know, fishing Green Bay. And Luke is, you know, if, if you don't know Luke Ronestrand, I think you live under a rock, but Luke is um, one of the arguably the best musky fishermen to ever do it. He's an incredible multi-species angler and super um, successful guide up all over Minnesota, but now spends his time on Vermilion. But Luke was a person that really pushed me into guiding. Um, and someone I would say was definitely the biggest factor to push me to eventually go into that field. And another person that without Luke, you know, I, I wouldn't be here. And those, those are just a couple of the people. I mean, I could go on for hours of people who helped me get here, but when I think of kind of who, I, how I got my start into the, the industry, like those two people are definitely the, the first two names that pop into my head. But these guys obviously saw something in you, man. I mean, could you even speak on that? Like, does anybody ever tell you like, you know, you must just walk around with the eye of the tiger or something like that, man. How, how would, how would you explain that? Anybody ever tell you what it is that they value in you? Because man, the industry sees it, your fans see it, you know, you you have such a good grip on your, on your fan base. And again, it's like, I want it, it it's such a compliment because you're a young man, you're working hard, you're earning it, but there's more to it. You, you, you just, it's like, it's like you've got a gene or something in you. I, I don't know. I mean, I, I don't know what it is. Um, I've just, I've always been obsessed with fishing and my, another, I guess, like I said, there's a lot of people that are huge in my life, but another one would be my, my best friend's dad by the name of Jim. And Jim was uh, such a role model for me, but Jim really, Jim, <laughs> when I started guiding, he's like, I knew it was only a matter of time before you fished for a living. He goes, it was just, you know, you, you wanted to be the first one out in the morning. You never wanted to leave. You know, you always wanted to, you know, stay another hour or fish longer, you know, we used to ice fish together all the time and you know we were always the last one off the ice it'd be pitch black and we're still out there fishing he goes you know for, we're freezing our tails off and like he just you would never give up um and i think that's probably part of why i've really you know, fell in love with musky fishing is it, it's so challenging and and rewarding at the same time but that you know i've always said there's i'm i'm bad at a lot of things but the one thing i'm really bad at is giving up right and on I just, right I, on i i always push 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 and you know i, I push my friends I, I push my customers i push my wife um i've i've broke i've broke a lot of customers i've broke a lot of people in the boat uh, just to the point where they're like they're literally dude i cannot make another cast like i am physically unable to continue to fish or you know or guys falling asleep in the boat or you know just i don't know i just i've, I've always been obsessed with it and i've been guiding now full-time for six years um, i'm 29 year, i just turned 29 here a couple days ago um, but I, I can honestly say I've, I've never been more obsessed with it. And it, it's crazy to think like you hear these guys that, you know, some people burn out or some people lose the drive and that might come for me someday down the road. But I mean, I've, I've never loved fishing as much as I do right now. And I, somehow I, I, I continue to love it more and more. Um, and it's just, I, I think it's cause I'm, I'm always learning. I, I learn something every day and it just, 
it fuels the next question, you know, and the next thought that comes into my mind. And you get to, with all this time you get to spend in the water, you get to establish these theories and then you're testing these theories. And it's just, it's one thing after that. I mean, I don't, I don't want to ramble on you, but it's just, I don't know. I, I just, I love it to a point where I, I don't, I, I know I push, push people. I push myself and you say it's, it was something that I, I never thought I'd be able to fish for a living, but now looking back, it's like, I don't know how I would ever not have fished for a living. You know, nine months out of the year, I'm, I'm guiding um, all across you know, Green Bay, Northern Minnesota, um, Lake of the Woods. And that's, that's where I spend, you know, all of my time. Um, and then in my off season, it's a lot of you know, working with, with sponsors or working with companies to design baits or design rods. Um, also, you know, YouTube content on top of that is, is a huge thing for me. You know, yeah, I film all summer long and you've got all this content, but when you're guiding, you know, 12, 18 hour days, you, you know, you don't have time to go through and edit all that stuff. And I'm starting to get to the point where I can start to delegate some of this stuff. And you know, I finally hired an, an editor now to help me with some of this. And we now have a, a membership platform um, on our YouTube channel, which is doing super well for us. Um, but there's just, there's so many things that you have to do. Um, and I'm lucky enough where I get to fish in the Great Lakes, where I get to, you know, start my season guiding in March and I can fish until November, December with, you know, open season on game fish. And then I, I've really kind of gotten away from, I guided ice fishing for one year and it was absolutely horrible. I never want to have to do it again. <laughs> um, but uh, there's so much other work. Like I, I don't have time to guide ice fishing in the winter, like getting a new boat every year, new rods, new reels, like all these other, you know, stuff you have going on and, and scheduling and, you know, getting all these people lined up on your schedule and not having hiccups in your schedule. I mean, that's the worst thing when you have, two people show up to the ramp and you forgot to write somebody down on your schedule and you double booked yourself. And now you've got two people that took a day off of work. They're both standing there looking at you like, well, who the hell, like what the hell are you going to do now? Right. Like, yep. um, but just staying organized is, is so hard because I'm on the water constantly. And when people call, they never call at a convenient time, right? Like you're always fishing. It's like, you know, they want to book this trip and then you got to get off the phone. You got to remember to you know, put this, this, this and down. And then all of a sudden someone has a follow. And then I, my brain goes absolutely mush. I'm back to like straight musky mode. I forgot that this dude called me. I forgot to call him back or answer this text message, but that's uh it's, it's a wild and crazy business. Um, and balancing everything is, is truly an art. Um, but you know, I would, I don't know, I, I guess I'm maybe getting off topic of your question, but guiding is still what, what, what I, what I do and you know, how I make the majority of my living, but there's a lot of other things we've got to, I got a line of leaders that I work with a company that makes um, we have specific musky leaders that we, we do. Uh, and then I say guiding and then uh, the membership platform's huge. And then obviously just standard YouTube content as well uh, on top of it. So a lot of irons in the fire on, on my end. And you caught me at a great day. I'm, I'm, I'm driving home from Lake of the Woods right now. Um, I'm driving back to Green Bay and just stopped at, stopped at Thorn, picked up a bunch of stuff. I got to go home, rig up a bunch of rods and be at the ramp at five o'clock tomorrow morning. Tell me about your fishing season, you know, as far as your guiding and just any of the fishing that you're doing, um, you know, for work, like, like where, where are you at when you start? What is your, what is your fishing season typically look like? Where do you go? What are you targeting? Um, and, and just kind of walk me through your season. Yeah. So I, I guide for three different, I say I, I fish for four species. I guide for three. Um, but my season starts in Green Bay. 
Um, generally, it starts March 20th is normally the day that I start. And I'm fishing walleyes in the Fox River in Green Bay. And the beauty of, like I said, the Great Lakes is that we have a year-round walleye season. Um, we don't have any closed season like you say you do in Minnesota or maybe some other states. Um, but we can fish for our walleyes year-round. All that changes is, is our limits. Um, and at this time of year, like I, I don't remember the last time I killed a walleye, but all my customers now are strictly trophy fishing. Um, regardless of what species we're, we're fishing. Like, I have a live well. I don't know what it's ever for. I don't really need a live well. Fill a full of tackle. <laughs> uh, yeah, fill a full tackle or, you know, reviving a fish maybe if it's in, in tough shape. But regardless, I mean, it's, it's you know, trophy fishing year-round. But we start generally March 20th. I start in the Fox River. There will still be ice out on the bay, but the river is opened up. You know, very similar to what happened maybe in the Rainy River or, you know, um, some of the rivers you guys have out in the Dakotas. But we, we start fishing in the rivers for walleyes, and then that's generally – 10 to 12 days and then the bay will start to open up in early april um i should say i mean in, in the spring for walleyes in the river we're we're trolling or casting at night and then during the day you're pitching jigs or you know plastics uh, ripping wraps stuff like that uh, then we get out into the bay and then you know we're casting you know um, ripping wraps swim baits hair jigs stuff like that um, my trophy walleye season basically goes from march 20th until the beginning of may I'm fishing walleyes every single day, um, regardless if it's Fox River, Ocano, Menominee River, Sturgeon Bay, all that stuff. Um, just traveling all around Green Bay, depending on you know where our fish are moving, because we get this you know, pre-spawn bite, and then we have a post-spawn bite. Um, you're always just chasing these fish around the bay. Um, and you know, for people that don't know, I mean, Green Bay is an average of like 12 miles wide and 100 miles long. It's a giant body of water. We have a ton of ton of inflows with different creeks and rivers and stuff, and it's a phenomenal walleye fishery. Um, you know, big giant ones. We, you know, this year, I think our biggest our biggest fish this year was a twelve thirty six, and we had a couple of our twelve pounders. Um, but like really big, high quality fish. But my season basically starts with with walleyes, and I absolutely love it. I, big walleyes are, are super fun to me. They're they're super smart. I, I love to you know set the hook and have fun. It's you get your hook sets in, I always say, in the spring because come musky fishing, your, your number of hook sets goes down drastically. Uh, but when you can set the hook, you know, 20, 30, 50 times a day, it's a good time. Yeah, so that, that's kind of how I start my season. Uh, and then from there, we kind of transition into smallmouth fishing. Uh, I don't, I do, it seems like I do less and less smallmouth guiding every year. Um, but we have, you know, I'm sure people know about Door County smallmouth, and we got some of the biggest smallmouth in the world that that swim around in, in Door County and Sturgeon Bay. Um, but do a little bit of bass guiding, and uh, you know, we run into some brown trout occasionally. We'll go and cast for some browns if if, if bass fishing slow or walleye fishing slow. Um, I love fishing for brown trout; they're super fun. But uh, we have some giant, giant brown trout as well. But, um, yeah, we do some bass fishing. Generally, I, I prefer the pre the pre spawn stuff. Definitely, they're a little bit harder to catch and more finicky. Um, but you have that shot at a you know, seven eight pounder, um, which is super fun and exciting. And knowing that at any cast you could you know catch that fish. Um, but basically, I fish smallies then from uh, from uh, that end of, or you know, beginning of May till the end of May. And then our musky season in Green Bay opens up uh, Memorial Day weekend. So that last weekend in May, our musky season opens. And then for me, it's you know, all the spinning around to go out of the boat. and We're straight musky fishing the rest of the year. And I mean, from, I don't know, we start in Green Bay. Um, fish tributaries there. 
and then generally I'll, I'll leave Green Bay. I'll run over to Minnesota, uh, fish some of that Leech Lake area stuff, uh, generally casting open water for muskies. And then we've got um, Canadian opener, which is the third Saturday in June. And then from there, I'll normally run up to Lake of the Woods, fish Lake of the Woods for month, month and a half, something like that. Then that beginning of August time frame, I come back to Green Bay. Our muskies start to move in from the open water. Uh, we got a really good weed bite that you know, we can target our muskies casting for the whole month of August, a little bit into September. And then in September, we start our trolling bite in Green Bay for muskies, which is super fun. Um, and then I kind of bug out of there and then I sneak back to Canada for my favorite fishing of the year, which is uh, fall muskie fishing anywhere in Canada is, is hands down my favorite fishing that I do. Um, I just absolutely love it. The fish are big and fat. There's nobody on the lake. You get to explore all this amazing water. You got the beautiful colors and scenic shield water. and Everything about it is just absolutely amazing. Um, and then from there, this is really long. This is going way longer than it should, but from there. No, man, it's uh, perfect. It's a podcast. Up. We can go as long as we want. <laughs> We move into ice fishing from there and ice fishing isn't something that I, I do a ton of. I find myself doing almost seems like less and less every year, but I absolutely love lake trout. I don't, if you have never caught a lake trout through the ice, you, you need to do it. Um, it's hands down the coolest ice fishing you can do. And once you catch a lake trout through the ice, you won't ice fish for anything else. In my opinion. Um, I absolutely love them. My wife um, is actually from Canada. She's a Canadian citizen. We have a house now up in Canada as well. Um, so we spend our winters up there and then just hanging out. We kind of watch the weather and then we'll go trout fishing, um, through the ice and just have an absolute ball. It's, it's super fun. I, I enjoy it a ton. And that's kind of my, my getaway from, you know, maybe editing videos every day or booking customers or, you know, dealing with sponsor obligations or sports shows, whatever. Um, if I can get a few days to get out and go lake trout fishing and hook into some Lakers and, you know, have some drag scream and, that's uh that's always a good time for me and then all of a sudden before you know it it's march again and you got to get the new boat ready to roll and you're back out on the water for a while it's crazy how fast this year is already over. i can't believe it's september right now it just blows my mind if you have any fishing memory or a fish that you would like to commemorate with a replica or you have questions about getting fish replicas done reach out to jamie rizzavi from rizzavi taxidermy studio in new rockford north dakota jamie and his crew do next level work here at the jmo headquarters we are blessed to have so many replicas made by jamie reach out you can find them on social media or online at rizzavi taxidermy studio.com the link is in the description of this podcast the fishing opportunities across the state of montana are phenomenal If you're from there or you've already been there a bunch to experience it, you know just how special these opportunities are. If you haven't, fishing out west should absolutely be on your bucket list. But aquatic invasive species like zebra mussels and Eurasian water milfoil can harm recreational opportunities. As boaters, as anglers, we have the ability to help protect Montana's waters by cleaning all mud, plants and debris off our boat, recreational equipment, and fishing gear before we leave any access sites. Drain the water from your motor, your live well, your bilges, and allow your boat and equipment time to dry before your next outing. No matter what watercraft you use, please, if you're traveling in the state of Montana, stop at all inspection stations. 
Together, we can protect Montana's waters. Visit the link in the description of this podcast for more information. That's fwp.mt.gov backslash AIS. This episode of the JMO Podcast is brought to you by Shields. Shields is your one-stop shop retailer for all your outdoor needs with over 30 locations across the United States. Every single department is full of the best brands on inventory and a knowledgeable staff to give you great service, including the fishing department. For more information or to find a store near you, head to the link in the description of this podcast. That's shields.com. And if you don't find a location near you, rest assured, all their best deals are online as well. So the only thing left to do is to go check them out. Link is in the description of this podcast. Yeah, man. Now, one thing that's interesting to me, you know, you, 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 you know, from your guiding career where you travel around, especially when you're talking about muskies and you're moving, you know, throughout the Midwest and, and the Canadian provinces where there's, you know, the fishing openers, the different bodies of water. Like, why do you do that? Why do you why do you bounce around uh, fishing these bodies of water that are so far apart? Why not just set up shops somewhere and, uh, you know, just just do that like 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 walk me through you know how that is part of your whole season and strategy i just uh i mean in the shortest answer i get bored um i want to go to the next place i'm always looking for the next bite or the next the next this the next that pattern the next this um and it there's there's just so many down times in fishing when you have transition periods right you have a your, your transition for a green bay muskie is from when they spawn to when they leave the rivers and then they go out into the open water and i kind of like to let them relax and you know recover from the spawn and let them do their thing and to you know to find a muskie in the open water in green bay is, is a needle in a haystack and from there then i get to go to minnesota and i get to you know use different lures and different techniques and you know catch some fish in the open water there and your smaller lakes and then when that kind of pitters out you know, then I get to go to Lake in the Woods, and I get to throw top waters, and I get to fish all this amazing rock structure, and you know, all the sand, and like all this cool shallow structure that I don't get to do, uh, you know, in Green Bay and/or Minnesota. Um, it just it keeps it different. It keeps it a change of pace um, because it, it's I'm always looking forward to what's coming next, I guess, um, and instead of waiting for that to come to me i would rather go to it if that makes sense yeah man that makes perfect sense it's just you know it's just tough to do you know it's just another testament to your grind and your commitment and your passion <laughs> honestly i mean it just really is like then i definitely I, I yeah i think your answer is absolutely spot on man what would be some great stories like what would be you know i want to definitely want to extract some of your experiences where you know people can learn from it or people can relate to you like on that on that regard because i agree i think you know there's plenty of examples of super high level anglers uh whether they're guides or tournament anglers or whatever that have really they they've really sat down and and localized themselves somewhere and just really figured something out in some specific place and it's great it's it's soup they're super dialed but for i think for somebody that gives themselves the opportunity to travel to destination fisheries and and just and you know just be able to break that down um 
you know, the learning of, I'm, I'm assuming, just like you alluded to, like you're looking for the next thing, you're, you're looking for the next challenge. You're not looking for something to be, well, easy. I mean, it, it, it might, that might sound, come off wrong because you'd love to catch 10, you know, 55 inch muskies in a day and make it look easy. But ultimately that's not the passion. The passion is the grind with you. I believe that is true. Um, what would be some great stories about that where, you know, uh, you know, what, something that you've learned or developed, you know, a skill of yours that you feel like is your specialty. You already talked about how power fishing is, is your style. Like, you know, just some of the stories that go along with all those little storylines that we're already building where, you know, you're, you're learning things in certain bodies of water and you're taking it to the next spot or the next place. You know, whether it's your mentality, whether it's, um, a, you know, a cadence with a new prototype bait, like like anything along those lines that come to mind? I mean, the one thing I got really good at is functioning on little to no sleep. Um, <laughs> right on. <laughs> I, would, I would say um, this, this, it goes back to just, you know, not wanting to miss a single cast or, you know, every every second you're off the water is, is a second that something could be happening. Um but as far like I mean, maybe I'm just looking at it too broad of a picture. But it's like patterns or that stuff. Like I don't know if I get too many crazy stories about that. But you just the the crazy things I used to do to you know work in southern Wisconsin. You know when I still worked construction, work in southern Wisconsin for a you know eight or ten or twelve hour day, and then you know bring your boat to work on a Wednesday and then drive two and a half hours north to go fish Green Bay for two hours. And then turn around and drive back, get back to the job site, sleep in your truck, wake up four hours later for, you know, six o'clock when you got to be at work. Um, and just the, the crazy things. And like, it, it's so funny. I, I always get a kick out of um, these people. Like I always make fun of a, a good friend of mine, Maverick Joe, who's a full-time YouTuber has a massive following, but basically made his, his whole platform off of truck camping. Um, living in a truck all over the, the country, basically sleeping in it, eating in it, doing whatever you need to do, but basically just lived out of his truck. And I always make fun of him. Like, dude, is it, you just made a career out of what musky fishermen do on a weekly basis. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like we, we've been doing this since, you know, well, well before I, even, I was doing like musky guys are hands down the craziest fishermen and most dedicated anglers out there. I said, and like, now you just get to go sleep in your truck and you make a video about it and you're making millions off of it. I'm super <laughs> happy for him. But I just, I, po- I poke fun at him. Like, dude, we've, we've been doing this for you know way longer than you have. You just made it popular. Or, yeah. Whatever it is. Dude. I, I just laugh about that. That is so comical because, like, <laughs> like it, think about a musky angler. We could put this on a T-shirt because I think this is pretty funny and probably true in a lot of cases. Like the the hardcore musky guys that I've ever talked to, or the or guys that have ever been hardcore about muskies for a legitimate span in their fishing career. It's like if you had enough money for a hotel room, and you could just you know you just use the tackle that you got, or you could go into a tackle shop and spend that hotel money on more tackle and sleep in your truck. Ten out of ten times, you musky guys are going to sleep in your oh, truck and have about four more 100%. lures in the box. Hundred percent. Like that. There's not even a question. Like, and if and if the guy answers that any question, any he's not a true musky angler. Right? Yeah, he's not the guy. Yeah. It's just. Yeah. That's funny. <laughs> that is uh, funny. That's comical. No, that's just the way it is. You're, you're not like I always had to justify like. I'm literally going to pay, say a hotel's a hundred bucks. Like I'm literally going to pay $25 an hour to sleep. Like 
I'm already exhausted. I could sleep on the ground, right? Yeah. Like my back seat is my back seat is luxury, right? Like I don't need to drop a hundred bucks to sleep for four hours. Like I can do that in my truck. I, I fished myself to death. I can sleep anywhere, and I I'm still that way. Like I could pull over on the side of the road right now, and it's what, two o'clock in the afternoon. I could be asleep in fifteen seconds. <laughs> like it's just, yeah, dude. It's uh the Luke, Luke described to me one time. He goes, "It's the the one the magical power fishing guides have is you can sleep at any point." instantly knocked out cold because we're we're always starving for sleep and yeah it's funny like i you get in this habit of you know getting up at three four in the morning whatever it is and fishing till dark and this there the other and then winter comes around and like i can't sleep like, I, I i literally i cannot fall asleep at night in the winter um just because like i'm not i'm not tired i didn't do anything i sat on my computer and went through you know emails or product or like you know, editing or this or that like i'll edit till three four in the morning just because i'm not tired i didn't like i physically have to work myself to exhaustion in order to fall asleep but then once i fall asleep say at three in the morning i can sleep till 10 yeah <laughs> i love it when i love it man off of, when you're off of the grind it's just it's so hard because your your body is so used to just going on absolutely nothing and it's horrible for you like it, it's not good for you at all um but it's just you get you get and Luke Luke has so many good lines, but he just described he's you literally get addicted to and I hate I hate using the word grind, but literally the the grind of of fishing and guiding every single day. And when you you miss one of those days, you have like straight up FOMO. Like you just they're biting today, I'm not out there, someone else is gonna catch that fish. Like I just I lose my mind on my days that I'm not on the water. Like I'm constantly second guessing myself but like you come home and like i got bills that are passed due. i got people like i forgot to pay my bill the last three weeks like i just there's so many like my mind just goes into straight fish mode and like i can totally put the blinders on and you just forget about the rest of the world like my wife pays all my bills online for me now because if they would kick me out of my house otherwise yeah. like yeah 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 and she like set all my stuff up for auto pay i mean otherwise like literally I, they would yeah. kick me out of my house and i'd be sleeping in my truck full time yeah That's you should tell you should double truck. check you should double check and see if like thorn brother has has like an auto pay option as well oh man no oh. then you'd be <laughs> broke yeah 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 oh, that place man no that they get me they get me enough as it is my goodness i just i just so I mean, I've worked there for quite a while. I mean, I've been doing sports shows for Thorn Brother probably for almost going on 10 years now, nine years for sure. Uh, but until literally today, I just left. I have always had a tab at Thorn Brothers. Every, for the last nine years, I've had a tab where I owe the owner some amount of money, whether it's, you know, tackle or graphs or rods or reels. And like, I've had a tab. My whole entire time working from the first show I ever worked, there was HDS 12s, 50% off. And I bought two of them. I didn't have the money for it. I was broke as hell, but I put it on my tab. Jo- the, the old owner, Josh is like, Oh, well, we'll just put it on your tab. You're good. Well, you, then you forget that they own your soul when you owe them money. So then you have to work all these sports shows. You have to do all this stuff. But like, I literally, I just paid my tab and I've never not had a tab at Thorn Brothers in the last nine years. And I literally went in there today and I paid all of it off. I owe Thorn Brothers $0 for the first time in nine years. Granted, I also <laughs> That's walked awesome. up with three, three bags of stuff today and I don't know, $4 or $500 worth of crap and that I probably didn't need. I, I needed 10% of it, but you know, I wanted the other 90, but 
I just tell them it's a write-off. It, you have a fishing business. It's a write-off. That's the a write-off is the worst. Someone never should have told me what write-offs for businesses because they're not good. For, like, sure, you need write-offs, but I have a truck and a boat for a write-off. I don't need to. Every time I walk in a tackle store, it's like oh, I need six of these and four of those and seven of these. Oh, that color's cool. Look at this one. Let me try one of these. And it's just ah, it's a write-off. No, my my financial my tax lady's like, what are you doing? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they get me every time. I love it, man. Well, there, we got to talk about some fishing. Like you said, you know, fall, Canadian muskies is your jam. Why don't we just spend a, a little bit of time giving that some love? I want to just hear, I want to just hear, uh, you know, what you're looking forward to this season, locations, um, the patterns, you know, just give me some juicy musky, you know, fall Canadian musky fishing information here, uh, kind of as our closing topic, you know, we can take as much time as we want, but I just, I want to give some love to that after hearing you say that that's something you're really looking forward to. Yeah. Um, I, man, it just, I love the fact that I love when, you know, the leaves are changing, those temps are cooling. Um, the fish are sliding out a little bit deeper. I love fishing rocks. That, that you know, at this time of year, a lot of fish are on rocks. And you've got your tulipy or Cisco spawn coming, whitefish spawn coming. That um, I just man, they, they get big and fat. And they're hey, they're just white ghosts. Um, and you get to fish big lures, and that's something I think I, I really enjoy is pushing the limits of how big of a lure can I catch a fish on? Right? I mean, you've got you know, I, I love pounders are hands down my favorite lure to throw in the fall which is a 16 ounce plastic bait it's 17 17 inches long or 15 inches long stretched out uh, but you'll catch a 38 inch fish on a pounder and i just think it's so comical that this you know this 38 inch muskie that's 15 pounds will will attack this lure um and then you know you've obviously got your big giant ones that'll that'll bite them as well but i love just pushing the limits with you know now we've got pound and a halfers and two pounders and you got 17 inch swim baits and big giant 10 foot rods and like just all this stuff um and just these big giant plastics and i think it's just so fun to watch fish just absolutely lose their mind over these things and i like i said the everything generally revolves around a lot of lakes i fish are all in cisco or, or whitefish based um, for your fall forage and do those two fish spawn in the fall so when your water temps getting that you know mid 40s to low 40s you're gonna have your cisco spawn your white and those muskies are sitting on those gravel bars and rock points and waiting for those fish to come in and spawn on that sand and gravel. And, uh, you know, just, I, I just love, I mean, you're always looking for you know, bait on your 2D or the right water temp, you know, your, your windy shorelines or current is a huge factor for a lot of these lakes up here. A lot of them are you know, somewhat river systems um, or just have natural you know, water flow from one end to the other, regardless if it's from wind current or general current you know, with an inflow and an outflow in a lake. Um, but I just, there's something about it. I don't just that, that tick, you know, it, it's such a, it's such a light bite generally because you're, you're doing a lot of pull pausing with these lures. Um, and the one, like, I love a bite on a tube, like a, a tube in the fall, like a 12 inch or 10 inch red October tube. And you just, you pull that thing, you pull, 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 you're getting the cadence down. And then you get to like that lip of the structure, that edge, and you just give it a pull and you just let it fall 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 and all of a sudden there's just this tick and you just crank down and just juice them. oh it just oh it gets me so fired up like i just i love that bite and just being able to reel down and just go total bass hole 
and just crank them. It's just so fun to me. So, so fun. Is the hardest thing about the fall fishing finding the fish and finding the right spots? Is there some some nuggets there that we got to talk about? Or is it really, you know, lure selection and color selection that seems to be the most significant thing that you got to dial in? Like, like talk about some of the things that might be kind of tricky when it comes to fall muskies that we could shed some light on for people to really get a good takeaway. Yeah, I, I would say the hardest part about fall muskies is, is the elements. Um, and your Good your point. mental toughness. Good point. Um, those two factors, you know, some of the best days I've ever had, it's, you know, right at freezing, blowing 15, 20 miles an hour. Like, it's nasty, right? Just nasty. Um, and having the right equipment, you know, to keep your hands warm, keep your body warm, and allow you to still cast and function um, is so important. But the, the elements are definitely, I think, the hardest part to deal with and uh, you know, the mental toughness is what it comes down to um, it's so easy and I see people do it all the time you know all of a sudden it starts raining in the summer it's 70 degrees out it starts raining and guys start going in because it's raining like well you know you just you're having a tough day and then all of a sudden it starts to rain on you and, and these guys just give up it's like well, the fish are already wet man like they, they don't give a shit if it's if it's raining yeah right um, but it, it just it's one thing in your mind that it just knocks down your maybe your confidence or your your, your mental state or your, your you know your drive or that mental toughness you have of you know I want to stay out here and keep fishing and then all of a sudden you start to get wet. We all have rain gear. Like rain gear is so good these days. Um and it's just it, it's one more notch or tick in the armor that a lot of people fold on. Um but putting yourself in the you know position and it, it comes down to having good gear and good equipment. But um, the elements are I would say the the hardest part and just the mental toughness of fishing in the cold and snow and rain wind whatever it is but um as far as like colors for for lures in the fall it, it, I, I try to keep it really really simple um and in fishing in general I, I there's definitely places where it, it needs to be more complex but overall for muskies white black and bright those three right there you need a you need a really dark lure when i say black it could be a dark gray it could be a black um something very dark very solid color um, maybe it's got some contrast on it, right? Fish see in, in two shades. So you the high contrast of black and white, maybe on the same lure. Um, but black is always awesome. Um, when you're dealing with the forge, we're talking about the Cisco's and white fish. There are a lot of silvers and whites, right? Um, so white is another color that I lean on really, really heavy, um, in the fall. And that, that's something where you're trying to, you know, the cliche of match the hatch or matching the color of the bait fish that your fish are, around um and then bright bright is one that um i really like a lot or even having a mixture of of dark and bright or white and bright um lemon tail is probably my favorite color when it comes to musky lures like a lemon tail pounder which is a white body and then this bright chartreuse tail and what that's going to do is basically when you get and it depends on how much forage you have around but when you have very little forage around very little food and these fish around these spots, I like to go very natural in your color, right? Your your whites, your blues, your silvers. Okay, I mean, and again, this is mainly white. We'll just say white. Something that's very, you know, specific or looks very much so like the bait fish that these fish are feeding on. Now, when you have a scenario where you have a lot of forage around or a lot of food around, you, know, you need to stand out. Why, why should a fish bite your lure when there's 40 other Cisco's right in front of it, right? Um, if you look at a at a flock of geese and there's 40 
Canadians and there's one snow goose, which one are you going to see first? The snow goose, right? So in that scenario, I like to go with something really bright, right? your, your chartreuse, your orange, um, or something very high contrast in color. And you know, that, that's something I've always leaned on a lot when um, you get a lot of fish in the area. Um, and then with musky fishing, you can never go wrong with black. If, if nothing's working, you just throw black. They love it. It's a solid color. They can see it really well. It's got a great um, contrast uh, to the sky and to generally a lot of your watercolors. Um, black is just a really, really good one to go with. But another really important part of fall musky fishing is then matching the size of your lure to the forage that the fish are feeding on. I like to, you know, say you've got a lake where you're seeing Cisco's jump on the surface and they're, you know, 12 inches long. Well, maybe you don't want to throw a pounder. Maybe you want to throw a mag dog, right? Or something a little bit smaller. You want to match the profile of the forage that the fish are eating to the size of your lure so that, um, you know, that, that looks more, you know, um, uh, correct to them. I, I lack of a better word. Um, in that case, I'm not trying to stand out as much. I generally leave that to the color versus the size. Um, because they're comfortable with what they're eating and that's what they are eating. So you, you want to match, I try and, try and match the profile that we were to be about the same, but then just play with your colors, whether it needs to be natural, black, or bright if you're trying to stand out in a big crowd. Um, and I think this gets talked about a lot in musky fishing and a lot, all musky fishermen know what majors and minors are, but if, if you're new to it or, or don't understand it, it, it goes for all species of fish. I watch it all the time. Basically your majors and minors um, are all dependent on your moon times. And watching the moon when you've got your moon rise, your moon set, you know, moon overhead and moon underfoot, you can get this all on an app on your phone um, and watch that. And it changes from location to location. Whereas everybody, a lot of people think, oh, the moon comes up as soon as the sun goes down. No, that's only on a full moon. That happens very, very rarely. One day out of 30, does the moon come up at the same time as when the sun goes down? There's a lot of times where your moon comes up at 9 o'clock in the morning or 2 o'clock in the afternoon. And those fish will relate to that. Um, and they'll feed on those certain windows and periods. And you need to make sure that your timing, your time management on the water is correct so that you're in a very high percentage spot when you have one of those time periods that comes around. And it's not just with muskies. I watch it happen with walleyes. I watch it happen with trout, especially lake trout follow the moon incredibly close. Um, that is something I'm always checking on lake trout fishing and brown trout fishing as well. Um, moon is super, super important for those fish. Um, they will feed in these very, very small, tight windows where you might only have five minutes where this fish is going to actively feed. And especially in the fall when you're dealing with colder water temps and fish are more lethargic, they're a lot less likely to feed. Uh, I always had a kind of an issue with this, you know, fall feed bag that so many people, is such a cliche saying. And I think the muskies in particular generally aren't feeding as much, but what they like to do is generally exert less energy but eat something a larger uh, meal or portion right they'd rather spend the energy to chase down and eat one white fish versus 10 little perch right uh, just because they're cold-blooded animals that water's cold they don't want to exert a lot of energy muskies almost go into like a hibernation in the winter they feed very very little in the winter um, so you need to be on those key spots at the right time to make sure you don't miss that small window of opportunity um, and watching that and you know i've got an app that tracks all the different locations of all the places that i fish because say if you're in green bay wisconsin your moonrise is going to be a lot different than say the twin cities in minnesota you're going to have probably about a 30 to 40 minute difference there um, it's just like shooting time 
basically if you're watching ducks or you know bow hunting or gunning whatever you have your shooting time your your sunrise you can see across your state changes depending on where you are and that's same with the moon as well uh, but really watching that stuff super close and being pinpoint with you know being on your key spots your a spots and making even the cast at that right time period is super super important right on man i love it i love it we uh, you know for me i'm selfish i'd love to talk to you for another four hours but honestly it's just not necessarily in the schedule i've i we've we've done it man this is so i i mean the, these conversations are very inspiring to me you're you know you're you're a new person uh to the jmo podcast again uh appreciate all the time but i just you know the your passion and your grind your commitment to your craft which is many things you know talking about the content which is is so valuable to anybody in the industry that is consuming content when it comes from somebody that is working hard and is on the water and it comes from that type of you know that level of experience and it's great that you have such a you know a great network of of people around you and and you're you're in their network you're you're a resource for them right back at this point it's it's uh you know that that's synergy and you're learning from the right people and you know like like all that like the industry just uh you know needs people like you and you know your clients uh, appreciate your hard work and uh yeah i appreciate the conversation i definitely take away that grind you know like like just being more inspired and 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 looking internally that you know i i definitely need to look at you know when a guy's on the water you know how tough you can be really does matter a lot of times like like of all the things that we think matter to the fish um you know one of those things is like just being there relentlessly having a lure in the water in a high percentage spot and at a high high percentage time of day and teaching yourself how to use it um is going to get you big bites uh over the course of time man so yeah i take a lot away from it i love i love the stories i love all the references i love talking about the baits the lures um but let's let's wrap this thing up man promote yourself promote your socials you know where can people find you where can people find your content you talk about your your uh your subscription content that is that is uh definitely something people ought to be looking into um promote all that stuff because people are going to have questions from this um and i want to i want them to know where to come find you yeah for sure um the biggest thing i guess kind of branch off what you're saying the the content side of things we do our subscription-based stuff is is uh on YouTube, we have a, a monthly, or it's a monthly subscription at eight dollars a month, and uh, we call it Next Gen Muskies. And basically, we put out one video every week, Wednesday at six o'clock, and it goes over various um, different techniques and strategies, and really breaks down. You know, some of the stuff is on the water fishing content, some of it is bait modifications and stuff like that. But basically, we did we came up with that due to the fact that I'm so full on guide trips um i mean if i ever took a you know a, a waiting list or a cancellation list it, it'd be a mile long and i'd never get to anybody um i'm super fortunate to have the customers that i have and i fish with a really small number of people now that just come for a lot of consecutive days but i had people just starving for this information and uh, we created the membership to kind of help me i don't want to say guide from afar but almost help people because I, I love to see people succeed and have fun and 
know, be successful out in the water. Um, and I think we're doing that a lot now with the membership where we're you know, super interactive with it. We answer a lot of questions on it. We, we take a lot of suggestions from people on what, you know, what they want to see for content and videos to help answer their questions that they would have when they go on the water. Um, but next gen muskies, it's on my YouTube channel, which is Doug Wagner fishing. Um, we release a video, like I say, every single Wednesday at six o'clock, we're constantly shooting new content for that um, and getting that stuff out there. Otherwise my standard YouTube channel, Doug Wagner fishing, um, we're going to be posting more on that. This last year we were kind of, kind of slow with it. Um, just due to the fact we were focused so much on the membership platform, but now we've got that rolling under control and we plan to post more and more stuff, um, on our general general channel and then instagram is a huge one for me um doug wagner fishing um, one thing that always screws me is my last name is w-e-g-n-e-r like everyone spells it w-a which i know is the general way to spell wagner but man that has probably screwed me so many times in life uh, but <laughs> doug wagner fishing on instagram doug wagner fishing on you know, facebook all that stuff like, you, you search my name and you'll i'm sure you'll come up you see a dude holding a bunch of muskies that that's me right on man Dude, I love it. I love it. it. It definitely gets me jacked up. You get to where you're going. All right. We'll be uh, paying attention. We'll be following along, man. I appreciate it. I'll let you go. 